May 22, 2011, First Church and Parish in Dedham, Charity versus Justice by the Reverend Raleigh Weaver. Last week, I had the privilege of going to see the Noble and Greenow presentation of Urinetown. Yes, you heard me right, Urinetown. If you're not already familiar with it, Urinetown is a musical about a fictitious place where people have to pay for the privilege of going to the bathroom. Now you can just imagine the ripples this would set off. Imagine a law of the land that requires that everyone must pay to do something that their body just naturally does. If, as in the chorus in the play, sings occasionally, you must pay for the privilege to pee, then it stands to reason that if you do not pay, you will be punished. There is a of course, much more to the story, but this highlights the points the authors Mark Holman and Greg Cottis were trying to make, and that is simply that if we all must pay for the things our body naturally needs, that there is going to be trouble. This leads me to the point that I want to make about charity and justice work. They are both attempts to address basic human needs caused by a system that requires us all to pay for things our body needs. Charity has long been considered the expression of love for one's neighbor. It is the resources we offer to help fill the basic human needs, such as the money available to the Benevolent Committee or the Minister's Discretionary Fund or the money we raise for the St. Vincent de Paul Society or the Dedham Food Pantry or even our church. When our money strive to fill the gap set by having to pay for things that every human body needs, then we are engaged in charity. On the other hand, justice has to do with fair and equal rights for all people. In the book Nora read from today, titled Unpoverty, the author Mark Lutz describes justice as possible only when everyone has a realistic opportunity to meet their basic human needs. So while charity work may give a person what they need immediately, justice work would strive to make it possible so that individuals would have access to what they need always. Last week, I went to the Unitarian Universalist Ministries annual meeting. As all annual meetings, this could be a boring accounting of finances, except that every year, representatives from each of the UU Urban Ministries programs share their experiences to give the delegates some context for the budget and bylaws for which they vote. This is the sixth year that I have attended the UU Urban Ministries annual meeting, And it is the first time that I realized that while we engage the UU Urban Ministry Program as though it were a charity, it is in fact a social justice-seeking institution. The Domestic Violence Shelter Renewal House, to which we have shared our collection plate and to which we donate gifts and mittens and hats each Christmas, is in fact only one of the three or four justice-seeking institutions under the umbrella of the UU Urban Ministry. Renewal House provides a temporary home to individuals and children in crisis and also builds relationships and offers education, counseling, and advocacy to those women. They describe their work as walking with people of the shelter instead of ministering to. 
When we engage fully in relationship with an institution, even if we are dispersing goods that are needed to those in need, in the opportunity to build relationships, there is the possibility for justice. This is the distinction I want to make. When we send our money and our resources, we are offering charity. When we engage in relationship building, we are strengthening those relationships toward justice. This distinction is even evident in the way we fund our church. If you donate your money without regard for how your contribution contributes to the increased resources of the collective, then you are giving charity. When you offer your money and your time, when you engage in decision-making through committee work and through building relationships, you are engaged in justice work. While I do think that currently we treat the justice-seeking UU Urban Ministry as though it were a charity, I think there are several other things we do each year as a church that offer shades of charity or justice or both. Consider, for instance, the Dedham Food Pantry, where we volunteer time and money and food. Several of our members have served on the Food Pantry Board, and one of our members founded the pantry. Each year we collect cans, we lend them our space to distribute turkeys at Thanksgiving and Christmas, and we sign up to staff the pantry several times a year. We are in relationship with the Dedham Food Pantry, and while it would be easy to characterize much of the work of the food pantry as charity, giving resources to people to meet immediate need, the way our Dedham Food Pantry is set up for people to shop and for volunteers to be in conversation as the shopping takes place, and the way that food pantry clients are able to use food the food pantry for support more than just a place to get food is part of what makes it also a justice-seeking institution. I make this distinction because building relationships across economic lines in this way helps to eliminate what the author of our first reading, Pamela Coulter, calls the poverty of tenuous connections. While her book focuses on the plight of disenfranchised children in our culture, we all know that without friends and family, without a village, we would all be lost. How many times have you, in your life, relied upon a family or friend to offer you a ride to work or to the airport or to the doctor, or for money for a toll or to help you around your yard or with your children? Now imagine a world without those connections, a world where you have no one to call on in your time of distress. This is the poverty of tenuous connections. And this is the poverty I hope we as a church increasingly begin to help to eliminate, the one I believe we can send ripples into the Dedham community to eliminate. Our harvest dinner each year helps us to eradicate the poverty of tenuous connections by deepening the conversations between the growers and the consumers. How might we deepen all of our connections and conversations with the institutions we interact with? Last week I had the opportunity to offer a prayer at the town meeting, and I was happily surprised to see so many of you there. 
some as new voting members, and some engaging in the democratic process by standing up for the Dedham Square Improvement Project. Engaging in the democratic process is a natural way to dissolve the poverty of tenuous connections, but it is justice-seeking only when every voice is heard, and this is true at our annual meeting as well. Having all voices at the table to consider all the possibilities is not just what makes democracy messy, but it is what makes it justice-seeking, and all that it requires is that all the voices are engaged in the process. So much of what we can do to make a difference in our community takes no money at all, but it does require our time, our energy, our intention. These are the ripples required for real justice. Unfortunately, Urinetown does not have a happy ending, and we find in that fictitious town what we know to be true in our own that simply giving people a free place to pee does not solve all of the problems and make everything right again. I guess that is the point I'm trying to make about charity versus justice. It is not our money, nor our resources, nor our expertise, although those things are useful too, that are needed to create God's kingdom on earth. The only real requirement is that we engage. What's stopping you?